Welcome. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning, a podcast about making meaning, manifestation, and the energies we navigate, how we create through archetypes, symbols, spirituality, and our instincts and intuitions. At its core, it's about truth, the truth about how we live, the times in which we live, and how we create going forward in our lives. Well, I uh, told you last week that the mythology behind eclipses tend to uh, (laughs) bring shockers. The assault on the truth continues. This is really a podcast today about whether you want to live in a free society. But first, we're going to just do a little bit of energy forecasting and the kinds of emotional uh, atmosphere we're going to be in over the next week and going into uh, the deep heart of May. First of all, uh, the eclipses were in that eclipse uh, gateway that I told you so many astrologers talk about where things are fluid, where a lot of things are coming up. And we're also in retrograde uh, period. Uh, Retrograde, Mercury retrograde starts next week. And we're also in a time where Jupiter, the planet that in mythology brings um, blessings, but also expands everything it touches, is moving from the compassionate sign of Pisces, which in astrological and energy terms is a water sign. So it's more emotional, more compassionate, those types of things. It's no mistake, Easter's uh, during this whole period between Pisces and Aries. Well, uh, Jupiter is about to go into Aries. Aries is a fire sign. Uh, We will want to do concrete actions, that is, that is the way, mythologically, this kind of period is manifest. It doesn't matter if you believe in astrology or energies or whatever, but we are impacted by the heavens above us, the people around us, and our own emotions. But there are energies, energies, not some guy in the sky, energy that propel us forward make us emotional, and also make us stop and revisit things. So uh, I'll tell you right off that I'm not, I'm not surprised by um, Samuel Alito's opinion on overturning Roe v. Wade. I was there at the original <laughs> in the 70s when it was passed, and there were many people, many lawyers who weren't happy with it. They believed in the right of abortion and women's privacy, and women's autonomy, but they weren't sure that uh, the uh, basis for Roe v. Wade was uh, uh, connected to the most viable way to make it stick. So I'm not surprised that uh, that Roe is going to be overturned likely at the end of June when the uh, final opinion comes out. Uh, The truth is that... um, we're just going to have to talk about abortion in a rational, fact-based way, okay? I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat or an Independent. If you are a religious conservative and if you are a religious zealot and extremist listening to this, 
you 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 better get a cocktail because the truth is is that Democrats are more than willing to compromise on abortion rights, more than willing. The problem is is that the religious extremists on the other side want to jail women and doctors. They want to forbid women from moving out of st- going out of state to get an abortion in another town ta- in another state. They uh, want to uh, invade our privacy and check out our hormonal hormonal levels, uh, especially with regard to when uh, when women go to clinics. So don't throw abortion on demand at Democrats, but particularly don't throw it at me. Uh, we, uh, right-thinking, positive people who understand the times in which we live, um, we, we don't want bo- abortion on demand. We have never wanted abortion on demand. Uh, this is a right-wing talking point. This is a marketing plan, uh, these, these, little, these little phrases like, quote-unquote, pro-life. The, the right and the religious right and Republicans and conservatives are not, quote-unquote, pro-life. That's, that's just a lie. Uh, they don't, uh, don't want to help women, poor women in need, whether it's white, black, or brown. They don't, give, they don't care what happens to the baby after it's out of the womb. They don't care when the baby gets older and can't pay for their medical. They don't care. This is, they do not offer policies to help people. But oddly enough, they they talk about being quote-unquote conservative. But in the old days, going back to Reagan, Ronald Reagan, when all this nonsense started, conservative meant staying out of people's private lives, out of their home and out of their bedroom, and certainly out of their menstrual cycles. That's not where we are today. Uh, and as far as the fetal heart bill, heartbeat bills, this is science fiction. This is science fiction, okay? Uh, NPR did a, a, a seven-point, go over to NPR.org, they did a seven-point um, fact checker on the biggest fallacies, the biggest lies said about abortion. And one of the biggest is that the uh, the embryo or the zygote or the fetus, whatever you want to call the entity that's inside the woman's body, depending on the woman's life, uh, whatever you want to call it, the fetal heartbeat does not happen within the time 90% of women get an abortion, including many religious women, let me add. So the fetal heartbeat bill is meant to terrify Democrats to... Uh, to freak them out so badly that they can't speak. And the trouble is that Democrats, more often than not, don't speak very well about abortion. They are trying to um, not tell the truth. Not tell the truth. Tell the truth. The people know if you're lying. They may not care that you're lying, but they will know that you're not lying. So we're going to start now with a quote from Harry Littman, who is a, um, a lawyer, and, and he, he tweeted this out this past week. Quote, when Olito applied for a senior job at the DOJ in 1985, he wrote in his cover letter that as a, quote, 
long, lifelong registered Republican, end quote, he was particularly proud, in quotes, to have worked on cases arguing, quote, that the Constitution does not protect a right to an abortion, end quote. It's been a catastrophic week for America. How did it start for Democrats? Vote, vote, will protect women's reproductive freedoms. How is it going 50 years after, almost 50 years after Roe? Alito's draft eviscerated Roe v. Wade opinion, the idea of privacy and the very notion of democracy and a free society. A CNN poll uh, did a deep dive, and there are numbers about enthusiasm in this one CNN poll. Republicans, it turns out, are excited to vote in November, beating Democrats by double digits at this point in the year. Uh, Let me ask you something. Uh, Why would a Democrat be excited to vote after what happened this week, after over a year we've waited since the insurrection on January 6th, and Merrick Garland still hasn't gotten anyone at the upper echelons of the coup plot, and Biden hasn't done a thing about either one of them. Democrats have won seven out of the eight last general elections in the popular vote. Seven out of the eight. And the majority of people want Roe maintained. Democrats were were comfortable with the law around Roe v. Wade, but they missed the politics and the culture roiling under their noses. And now Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and all the elite institutional Democrats want to tell independents, anti-Trump Republicans, Democrats, progressives, to keep getting active and vote. It is insulting. I'm one of the millions of women who listened to Democratic sloganeering for over 40 years only to find that they had no plan when the worst happened. There has been no cohesive pushback on this uh, right-wing religious uh, screed that uh, Samuel Alito dropped on the court and was leaked. Thank God it was leaked. I don't know who leaked it. I don't, well, I don't, I don't care who leaked it. This is so important. There is no reason for the Supreme Court to be this vessel of privilege, uh, silence, and opaqueness. They do not get to decide what happens to women's bodies. They don't get to decide if I or anyone else has an abortion. Let's, let's quote the five justices who so far make up the conservative, quote-unquote conservative. It's really, let's just be honest, these are religious extremists on the court. And they lied. Every single one of the people I'm quoting lied in their confirmation hearings. Every one of them. Samuel Alito, during his confirmation hearing, said, quote, Roe v. Wade is an important precedent of the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has reaffirmed the decision, end quote. Clarence Thomas, in his confirmation hearing, quote, I believe the Constitution protects the right to privacy, end quote. Neil Gorsuch on Roe, quote, it is a precedent of the Supreme Court, 
It was reaffirmed in Casey in 1992, end quote. Brett Kavanaugh, quote, It's an important precedent of the Supreme Court that's been reaffirmed many times. Planned Parenthood versus Casey reaffirmed Roe and did so by considering the stare decisis factors. So Casey now becomes a precedent on precedent. Amy Coney Barrett has been public about her rabid anti-abortion views and has a long record of opposing abortion in public statements. She co-authored a 1998 law review article in which she wrote that the procedure is, quote, unquote, always immoral. In a 2017 confirmation hearing for Barrett's appointment to become an appeals court judge, she stated, quote, if I am confirmed, my views on this or any other question will have no bearing on the discharge of my duties as a judge. End quote. Barrett continued to work publicly against abortion, signing her name in a public statement used as an ad on the anniversary of the 1973 Supreme Court decision on Roe. All five of these Supreme Court justices who make up the right-wing majority on the political court lied under oath in their confirmation hearings. But Alito's Alito's depravity is special, precious in its evil intent. In the era where, when the the U.S. Constitution was written and enshrined in law, married women had no rights whatsoever. In the 18th century, women were property. The Married Women's Property Act of 1870 in the 19th century gave women their first taste of personal rights, but we still didn't have the vote. Not until the mid-1970s did women get the right to a line of credit independently of a man who was required before this time to co-sign her application. But when did the abortion issue become a religious extremist's way to power and a way to hobble and silence Democrats? Since Politico broke the Alito draft story, let's follow it up on the article about how the religious right grabbed women by the pussy and haven't let go. It started with the religious right using desegregation as a cudgel. Quote, the new political philosophy must be defined as, I'm sorry, let me start over. The new political philosophy must be defined by us, conservatives, in moral terms, packaged in non-religious language and propagated throughout the country by our new coalition, Paul Weyrich wrote in the mid-1970s. Quote, when political power is achieved, the moral majority will have the opportunity, opportunity to recreate this great nation. Going on in the Politico article, Weyrick believed that the po- political possibilities of such a coalition were unlimited. This is a quote from him. The leadership, moral philosophy, and workable vehicle are at hand just waiting to be blended and activated. If the moral majority acts, results could well exceed our wildest dreams. 
Alito's draft obliterating Roe is their wildest dreams manifested. It came, about, it came about because the Democratic Party didn't listen. They believed the judicial win of Roe was all they needed, ignored the religious extremists who attacked women at clinics, even murdered doctors, and harassed workers without a finger being lifted to intervene. Remember, the overturning of Roe v. Wade happened on Democrats' watch. This applies doubly to President Biden who was in the Senate throughout the period before he became vice president to President Barack Obama. The Democrats played footsies with religious zealots for fear of being targeted as being anti-Christian. Soft on religious extremists, Democrats welcomed them amid their numbers and the quote-unquote big tent they are so proud of. Democrats' only efforts to protect Roe v. Wade have been sloganeering, and they're still doing it. Where did all this begin? After Roe was law. It was President Nixon who denied funding to segregated schools. Title VI of the Civil Rights Act forbade segregation and discrimination, as the political article cites, so donations to these organizations were ineligible for tax-deductible contributions. But the moment the government denied Bob Jones University tax-exempt status, all hell broke loose. The IRS action against Bob Jones, and I'm quoting, quoting political article again, quote, alerted the Christian school community about what could happen with government interference. A longtime administrator at Bob Jones University admitted, quote, that was really the major issue that got us all involved, end quote. Emotions were tweaked, but not nearly enough to take control of the American narrative. What happened, what, whatever happened to the human race was the product of theologian Francis Schaeffer, who is the father of the insult, quote-unquote, secular humanism, and the beginning of what would become a 50-year effort to control women and the American populace. Their vessel was Ronald Reagan, who enacted the most liberal pro-abortion laws in California as governor. The Politico article lays out in detail, but the reason I'm aware of this history is because I was born and raised in Missouri. The quote-unquote moral majority, majority has never been moral or the majority, but that's what they were called, and it included Phyllis Schlafly, a Missourian who became infamous, infamous during the ERA era. Religious conservatives and Republican women hated, hated the ideal of feminism. It's no accident that the same president who was embraced by the religious right also utilized Nixon's Southern strategy, which calmed racist whites in the South who were worried their segregated utopia would be ruined by integration. Racism is indelibly linked to the anti-abortion rights crowd in an ugly American mixture of prejudice, hate, and the rabid hunger to control the lives of women and Americans. It was an easy jump to, quote-unquote, secular humanism. 
removing God from humanism cloaked Democrats with a patina of godlessness. Instead of driving into this fight, Democrats chose to dance with the religious right extremists, ignoring their growing power, insisting that Roe was the law, even if it didn't apply to all states as far back as the late 1970s. After Roe became law in the late 1970s, I had an abortion. My boyfriend and I each used contraception, but we became one of the statistics Anyway, living in Manassas, Virginia, we couldn't find a clinic or doctor who'd perform my, who would perform my abortion. And, and mind you, it was legal at the time. So off to upstate New York, we drove crossing multiple state lines to get to a doctor whom I didn't know in a situation I couldn't judge, but I had no choice. The outpatient abortion procedure happened on our day off from a touring company, company I was in. We were performing on the, uh, the shore out there. Uh, but I had to be back and ready to perform the next night. My Monday was a day off. Tuesday night, I had to be back. By the following weekend, while walking through a mall, I began to hemorrhage. I'll spare you the rest, but it was awful. I've, I've written about it many times over the years, and it led to complications later and health issues as late as my late 30s. This didn't happen because of the abortion. This happened because I had to hide the abortion. This happened because I had to travel all the way up to upstate New York from Manassas, Virginia, and all the way back, and then go back to work the next day because... I had to tell people I had an intestinal flu because you couldn't say you got an abortion even though it was legal. This is what what they wanted. We had a legal right, but we couldn't get the procedure. It's it's not much different than what it is today. Roe never guaranteed an easy time or a guaranteed uh, doctor, but no one cared. It was legal, if not accessible. Democrats continued to trust the religious right um, and wouldn't and and trust that they wouldn't be a problem anymore because Roe was enshrined in law. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, they started a 50-year campaign to overturn Roe. A student of talk radio, I'd seen what the rise of Rush Limbaugh had ignited. No one would listen to me. For years, I tried to tell them. No one would listen. Now, a guaranteed right that's been effective for 50 years of modern history is about to be ripped away from women and the men who love us. So when Democrats say, organize and vote, it's the same sloganeering they used for 50 years only to watch Roe be ripped away and when it was, not have a plan on what to do. They scrambled all week. Biden couldn't have been weaker. Dr. Jill Biden was equally weak because evidently the idea of being uh, president for all America means being silent when one large minority to that put the Democrats in power, it's too uncomfortable to talk about for him. I am disgusted with the Democratic leadership. But leaving that aside, where else are we going to go? 
And how extreme is Samuel Alito's draft gutting row? Alito's draft opinion doesn't rely on 20th century precedents or law or even the 14th Amendment or even that women might be autonomous human beings and have a right to privacy that doesn't come from SCOTUS or right-wing religious people, but comes from God. Everyone has to face their own soul nature, and everyone has to face the decisions they make. That's part of what people call karma, but it's also part of, of evolution. Alito's theory goes all the way back to the Inquisition to make his anti-free society appeal. Alito's theory of women was exposed in the leaked draft opinion, he wrote, which has protected women for 40 years. Not only does Samuel Alito go back to the 1700s and to make his case, but he uses the, quote, commentaries on the laws of England, end quote, to make the most sexist, anti-American, anti-woman, anti-free society case possible, citing a notorious anti-woman and witch-burning jurist of the, seventh, of the 18th century. In uh, Hale's own words, here it is. Quote, for the husband cannot be guilty of a rape committed by himself upon his lawful wife, for by their mutual matrimonial consent and contract, the wife hath given up herself in this kind unto her husband, which she cannot retract, end quote. Now, to understand uh, who Sir William Hale is, he was... Uh, had power in the 17th century, 1609 to 1676. So let me read you, I'm going to read you an abstract from an article online. Uh, This article, it says, Lord Hale, Witches and Rape. The article seeks to demonstrate the intimate linkage between the ancient criminal offense of witchcraft and the contemporary crime of rape. Both offenses, it is suggested, bear inequitably upon women. The misogynistic bias that has pervaded law and practice concerning witchcraft and rape can be seen in the fact that one set of standards was employed in regard to key issues in witchcraft prosecution and an almost diametrically opposite set has been used for similar issues in rape cases, always to the detriment of women. Sir Matthew Hale and this is the man that Alito cites in his 21st century opinion, serves as a a catalyst for the article's theme since he played a preeminently, preeminently significant role in the history of both witchcraft and rape. Hale presided at one of the most notorious of the 17th century English witchcraft trials where he sent, sentenced two accused women to death. This was at a time when, uh, as the article notes, quote, people, let's see, what does it say? Um, the more enlightened uh, began to doubt the existence of a witch- witchcraft. Now, it's no mistake that right-wing religious representatives... Uh, want no exclusion uh, or no carve-out 
for uh, the mother or rape and incense. Incense, sorry. Incest. They don't want carve-outs. They think the fetus should be uh, saved even at the expense of the woman. It comes from Sir Matthew Hale. That's where it comes from. Uh, That's why uh, the former guy didn't have any trouble when uh, he was accused of raping his own wife. This is their mentality. By the late 1800s, Hale remained the lone voice on the matrimonial rape exception, as it was known, with no other authority backing him, while all considered his opinion to be as high as they come. This this is very, um, this is replete over our history. White men don't like to go against other white men, even if the other man, white man is wrong. They always, they, they joke about this camaraderie while everybody underneath them, including poor black, brown, and white women, become the brunt of their um, myopia. Alita's dependence on Sir William Hale bleeds across his entire opinion. Hale's the setup and the foundation, but at no moment does Alito grasp the message he's sending. In the uh, 1970s, in the, um, the article I just quoted, you can see how everyone was afraid, even if other people didn't agree with him, because he had this reputation. Alito also says in his draft, quote, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicitly in the concept ordered of liberty. It is enough to make your head explode. A great article in The New Yorker by Jill Lepore emphasizes the faulty logic here. The title, is, the title of her article is, uh, of course the Constitution has nothing to say about abortion. There is no mention of the procedure in a 4,000-word document crafted by 55 men in 1787. This seems to be a surprise to Samuel Olito. <laughs> that, is, that is the title, and that's the subtitle. It gets better from there. Again, from Jill Lepore's column. A short excerpt on the U.S. Constitution in Lore's uh, article. Uh, There is nothing, this is a quote, there is nothing in that document about women at all. Most consequentially, there is nothing in that document or in the circumstances under which it was written that suggests its authors imagine women as part of the political, political community embraced by the phrase, we the people. There were no women among the delegates to the Constitutional Convention. There were no women among the hundreds of people who participated in ratifying conventions in the states. There were no women judges. Legally, most women did not exist as persons. 
black Americans were less than a person at the time of the U.S. Constitution's drafting. Do I need to mention brown people, brown women? Alita even quoted Scalia. Roe fanned into life an issue that has inflamed our national politics in general and has obscured with its smoke the selection of justices to this court in particular ever since. This is laughable. Oh, my God. <laughs> the 7-2 decision took years to stir evangelicals and religious extremists, but the shift came through desegregation and Bob Jones University. They don't want to remember the history. It took the graphic and brutal art of theologian Frank Francis Schaeffer's Whatever Happened to the Human Race, along with Reagan's Surgeon General C. Everett Koop, to move from humanism of the Renaissance to secular humanism in order to target Democrats. The goal was to dehumanize Democrats, but especially modern women. It was the era of feminism and Gloria Steinem when Roe was decided. The pill scared the religious right. It terrified them. Don't think they're not coming for pills next. Oh, and by the way, religious extremists are coming for women's birth control as states become abortion sanctuaries amid draconian rollbacks of women's privacy. It's the end of our free society if Alito's draft holds, which most believe it will. I'm not arguing that point. Don't be surprised if Sir William Hale and his witch paranoia and woman-hating is removed, as some have suggested. But we have to remember what the basis of Lito's opinion was. Lawyers and constitutional experts can dissect what the 14th Amendment means to privacy and equal rights, the notion that the Constitution should be interpreted in its original attempt, intent, however, takes us back to before women had any rights, before black and brown people were considered worth a thought in any document. Are we to believe the framers thought nothing would change over 200-plus years? The laughably named pro-life movement was always a marketing plan. If anti-free society religious zealots are quote-unquote pro-life, where does that leave the rest of us? Considering the, quote, the pro-life movement has used violence, intimidation, and even a murder to achieve their means, it shouldn't surprise anyone they're willing to lie to get what they want. There's a reason Americans think SCOTUS is illegitimate. Oh, 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 but catch the leaker. The leaker who, you know, uh, found the Alito draft and shared it with the American public. What about Clarence Thomas's wife, Ginny? who was part of the insurrectionist text plot, sending missives to Mark Meadows. Here's a few quotes from Ginny's texts. Quote, unquote, do not concede. It takes time for an army who is gathering for his back. Release the Kraken and save us from the left, taking America down. I can't see Americans swallowing the obvious fraud, just going with one more thing with no frickin' consequences. We just caved to people wanting Biden to be anointed? 
Many of us can't continue the GOP charade. Sidney Powell and improved coordination now will help the cavalry come in fraud exposed and saved America. Biden crime family and ballot fraud conspirators, elected officials, bureaucrats, social media censorship mongers, fakes, fake stream media reporters, etc., are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now in overcoming days and will be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. All these are actual quotes from her tweets that have been exposed by the January 6th committee. And if you're someone who doesn't care about the insurrection and January 6th, then you're abdicating your citizenship to our free society. Clarence Thomas has been a member of the far right going back to his Missouri days, but his wife is entitled to her own own life and opinions, except when they bleed into her husband's job. Clarence Thomas has said they, quote, believe the thing, same things and are focused on defending liberty. Unless you're a woman. Hubris. Unelected judges with lifetime appointments making political decisions that rock the country that's opposed to reversing Roe. Depending on how you ask the question, from 54% all the way to 70% of Americans want Roe to remain. Quote, 60% say Roe v. Wade should not be completely struck down, and 59% would support Congress passing legislation to establish a nationwide right to abortion, including 81% of Democrats, 65% of independents, and 30% of Republicans, the survey finds. The right-wing religious extremists that started their crusade against desegregation have morphed into a theocratic threat to our free society. Overturning Roe would hurt black and brown women, poorer women, more than white women. It's a feature, not a bug, of Republican politics. The racism tied to Alito's draft opinion is part of abortion history, but it's the misogyny and elitist patriarchal privilege that drips from every word in the 90-plus pages. The power of women threatens the religious right. They've waged a campaign against independent women since I was in my teens. It doesn't surprise me that Missouri is one of the worst states for women to live in. Foreshadowing was deep when I lived there. And it's interesting that Amy Coney Barrett couldn't remember the five tenets of free speech. The one she left out and couldn't remember was the right of redress, the right to protest. And the reason she couldn't couldn't remember this is she's part of the religious extremist clan that believes that women are second to men and only men have a direct line to God. This is replete through many organized religions. Some of the biggest in the world don't allow women equal footing with men when it comes to praying to God. That's why she forgot the clause of the, the, the tenet of the, fifth, uh, of the First Amendment that has to do with protest, because she believes women should shut the fuck up and listen to their master. 
Wrapped up in Alito's grotesque belch is the falling of the power of organized religion, which we've been seeing year after year. The reason Alito reaches into the 17th and 18th centuries is because his traditionalism is moored in the fundamental inequality of the sexes. Women are supposed to have husbands. Women are destined to be mothers, first, last, and primarily. Rape or incest isn't a reason for a woman to have an abortion. It's not the child's fault, they say, as if it's the mother's. Again, going back to the 18th century when rape isn't seen as a crime if it's committed by a woman's husband. So where are we headed? Sanctuary abortion states. Mitch McConnell has said if they take over in November that, he would, that they would consider an abortion, a nationwide abortion ban. What about if Democrats get out and vote? And, and Democrats will uh, codify Roe into the Constitution. Where's the president? Right after, after Alito's draft was leaked, Biden couldn't even come around to the filibuster being a problem. He said he wasn't ready to think about that yet. What is it going to take for President Biden to think the filibuster is not as important as women's autonomy? This is unconscionable from the leader of a free society. Also, what's going to happen is they're going to track women's periods. We again go to Missouri, where Randall Williams, the state health director, said, quote, he monitored detailed personal information about Planned Parenthood patients, in some cases reviewing women's menstrual cycles, with the aim of identifying those who had failed abortions. This is from the, that was from the Washington Post. Forced births is where we're headed. The religious right won't wear a mask in the era of COVID, has a fit about the government intrusion, but demands women carry unwanted pregnancies to term, including of their rapists or after incest. Turning America into a theocracy will fail. Not even the lurid and disingenuous fetal heart bills will work. They're built on fantastical religiosity, not science. From thejurist.com, quote, But the fact that a person with a consistent heartbeat independent of life support is alive is not a modern scientific discovery. An assisted heartbeat does not by itself make a person alive. Arguably, the Uniform Determination of Death Act shows that detecting a heartbeat of a fetus in no way means it is alive because the fetus is dependent upon the body of another person for its heartbeat. Full stop. Then why do religious extremists put the fetus before the woman saying the unborn is more important than the woman's life? Again, go back to Alito's 17th, 18th centuries uh, model of the originalist intent of the U.S. Constitution, which is a fantasy of the far right. Women are second class, were second-class citizens, meant as birthing channels, not a person with equal human rights to men. This supports the religious view of traditionalism, where the man is king and the woman is not her own person. 
If you're black or brown, Republicans don't think you're worthy of life in their 21st century version of 18th century England. The people who are disuniting our beautiful country want white men to rule supreme again, like the good old days of the 17th and 18th centuries. SCOTUS is an unelected branch of the federal government with justices having lifetime appointments. These privileges need to end. There need to be term limits, ethics rules, and we need to end the confirmation hearings because nominees lie and senators act shocked when they do. Truth is the number one casualty of the religious rights quest and the manifestation of Alito's witch hunt. The overturning of Roe is predicated on lies of Alito, Gorsuch, Thomas, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. The Roberts Court of 2022 is illegitimate. Whatever they do, abortions will not end. They'll become more dangerous, especially for brown and black and white poor women. More women will die. White women, white women will find a way to get what they need. Poor women and women of color are fucked. And we're going into the kind of energies right now where people are going to get emboldened. And we must. We are fighting for the life of our free society, nothing less. Once you take the power of women to control their own lives through the choices they make for themselves and their own body. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quick slide into other rights. And anyone who tells you otherwise, I don't care if it's a misogynistic comic on HBO or who it is, you cannot trust anyone that wants to take away women's right to choose their own lives. You can't trust any of them. This is for all the marbles, people. This is, I, I, I told you in a, a prior uh, podcast that, you know, the astrologers and the mystics say that the United States is going through a powerful, powerful time right now where we are readjusting how this country came about uh, over 200 years ago. It has to do with a very small planet, and it has to do with the mythology behind this planet and what the mythology means, the underworld. Digging digging deep into our uh, cultural and, and American history and digging out those things that need to be addressed again, finally. This is a another chance for us to get women's equality right. I'm not going to tell you to get active and vote in November. Everybody I know and myself, I've been voting for over 40 years. So fuck any Democrat that's going to tell me to get active and vote. They don't have a plan. And this is as bad as what Alito did. They should have seen this coming a mile away with the court uh, positioned like it is with so many hard-right religious conservatives. This plan should have been 
ticked out and mobilized immediately. But we can't rely on anybody. Uh, independence, nobody can, you can't rely on the top echelon of these political parties. I don't care what, what your politics are. This is up to the people, not the representatives. We're gerrymandered uh, in some districts, like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. They gerrymandered two of the, the, the blackest uh, districts into her district. So, you know, gerrymandering has, has really hurt our, our ability to continue the experiment, the American experience. Uh, uh, Sorry, the American experiment of a free society. But that's what it, what's on the line. And don't believe any of this nonsense that they're telling you about fetal heartburn, heart bills, and fetal pain. There is no fetal pain uh, when 90% of the women get abortions. That comes like over 20, 30 weeks down the line. They want to make you feel bad. Don't let them. There's a lot going on in the month of May. There are going to be a lot of emotional things coming up. Um, the mythology behind these times uh, predicts some exciting excitement about how people are going to stand up and start demanding of our representatives and our president more than just lip service. I'm tired of hearing a bunch of words. What are you going to do to make sure America stays a free society? So, that's This Week in America. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. I'm Taylor Marsh, and this is Astral Soul Lightning. You can reach me on Facebook, on Twitter. I do all my politics on Twitter, at Taylor Marsh. And uh, that's it for today. Until next time.